Thank you for tuning into Destiny House Church as we seek to draw closer to Jesus. We're so glad you've joined us today. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Court or one of the other anointed speakers as we pursue the Father's heart. And uh, we have got a lot of vision um, we're going to be casting over the next month. Um, good to see you guys here on Wednesday night. All you guys. Short people, tall people. Nice, good. <laughs> good to see everybody. Um, I want to I wanna do something that I know we've gotten accustomed to and y'all seem to really appreciate it because it's, it's needed more in the church now than ever before, and that is prayer. Yes. Amen. We need to be praying um, as much as we can um, to get as deep in Christ as we can get during these last days. So let's go ahead and take some, some prayer requests tonight. We've got a lot of people still out sick, uh, a lot of people that are that are struggling. I don't think we have any severe issues going on that I know of. Um, if somebody is hospitalized, it's not because of whatever virus that's out there right now. It's for other things. Um, and so so let's go ahead and take some prayer requests. Any, anybody tonight? Paula? Scott Nick, he's one of our officers that does security here, lost his dad, and then who who is the other person? His dad's brother. His dad's brother's uncle. Okay. So we'll be praying, lifting them up as as well. Absolutely. Anybody else tonight? Yeah. Kathy? Pray for George Weber um, and his family, all involved in that loss. Um, yes, Berman. Me. We're not going to pray for you tonight, Verna. Uh, <laughs> I've been sick since like December 30th. Yeah. Marcel? 
for Ed. For Jimmy? For Jimmy. Okay. He's been in a lot of pain and had some other problems going on. Exactly. So. Continue to pray for Jimmy and himself, absolutely. Josh? cardiac and everything else that you guys have, have uh, heard through the mouth of man. Um, we're going to believe the mouth of what God said. Amen. Amen. There you go. Um, anybody else have that mess over here? Yes. Oh, Is it Jamie or Lindsay? I can't remember which. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Brother David. Yeah, we're one day closer to Pepsi's return. 
Thank you for saying that. Man. Man, that's good. Because I don't even have a sermon ready for Sunday, you know? I'm good if he returns before then. Praise God. Elevate, you got a praise report? Good, good preaching, by the way. Thank you for standing in the gap. Amen. Um, I want us to stand. Let's let's pray. Let's take some time here and, and let's really pray. Um, God hears all these. You guys know we don't we don't always know all the details. We don't always know how to how to pray, but but we are obedient to Him when we pray and we honor Him. So let's let's do that now, Father. First of all, we thank you so much for meeting with us. Tonight, in this tabernacle of praise, God, this tabernacle of worship, God, this tabernacle of teaching the full gospel uh, of your spirit, God. We thank you tonight, God, that you have given us so many praise reports, yes. so many things that we can be grateful for, God. So, and, and I'll tell you, God, you're such a great God that even if we didn't have one praise report that was new tonight, we've got the praise report that you are incapable of lying and that you are coming back soon for your kids. And we are grateful for that. We are thankful for that. God, I pray every single need that has been represented tonight, God, from every child that needs healing, every adult that is on a vent, every red blood cell that's out of place, every white blood cell that is out of place, every person that is struggling with cancer right now and yes. Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and, and diabetes. God, we call them healed yes. and blessed, delivered from the snare of disease right now, Father, in Jesus' name. Come on, I want you all to believe this with me right now. 
engaged right now on what you are asking of God tonight. Father, we, we thank you that we're going to have more salvations in this year yes. than any other yes. previous year, God. We're going to have more yes. people baptized in the Spirit than ever before. We're going to have a, a landslide of your glory and your anointing in this very church, God. We're going to see children speaking in tongues, God. We're going to see children leading their parents and their grandparents to you, God. We're going to see your anointing flow and the greatest of power that we have not seen before, God. We are believing for a true, not a man-made revival, but a revival that comes only and directly from the throne of God, your throne, Father. I pray, God, that as we teach tonight, that as you teach us tonight, God, that even we call this discipleship nights. These are nights, God, that we can dig a little deeper and think a little bit harder about what you are calling us to do, how you are calling us to speak and act and word and deed and everything, Father, you have called us to live righteously, God. And I pray that we would just lay down the, the hindrance of sin in our life, the hindrance of addiction, of bondages, God, that we would live the rest of our lives, God, whether it's another week or whether it's another 50 years, God, 100 years, God, that during that time frame, we and our lives would honor you, yes. God. We thank you for all that have been healed tonight already, God, all that are represented, the kids and the grandkids and the parents and the uncles and the aunts and the co-workers and the bosses and everybody else, the school system, the teachers, the principals, the coaches, God, we ask that you would bless them all yes. abundantly and those that the not have a relationship with your son, God. I pray that you would convict them yes. where they are right this very minute, God. And we call us blessed tonight, God, because you have blessed us. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody say it. Amen. 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 Yeah, give him a hand. Give him a hand. I'll be Praise God. Listen, I wanna. I don't. I don't recommend books very often, but I, I wanna. I'm gonna teach a little bit, um, and in this three three week series about revival, and I'm gonna tell you about this gentleman in just a second. Um, but many of you that have been um, in the spirit filled life for you know over a few years, you're gonna know the name of Leonard Ravenhill. Um, Leonard Ravenhill uh, was an absolute powerhouse um, uh, revivalist and evangelist and uh, he's written he wrote quite a few books before um, he passed away um, if you guys know um, Steve Hill or Stephen Hill um, he was the evangelist at Brownsville Revival Leonard Ravenhill was his his mentor yeah yeah absolutely Dave so so we have we, we I want to go through some things the Lord has put on my heart and I want to read some things uh, tonight uh, about revival from his book, um, what the Lord says about prayer. But I want to read this real quickly, this poem um, that Leonard Ravenhill's son uh, wrote about his father. And just, just a, a, a son writing this about a father is just a, a miracle to me. Um, and he says this, I knew a man who gave his life to see revival fire. He prayed by day, he prayed by night to birth this one desire. He had but one obsession to see a glorious bride arrayed in spotless purity brought to her bridegroom's side. His power while in the pulpit was matched 
by uh, very few, and yet he loved the closest there with the God that he knew. While others um, strove for man's applause, for fortune, and for fame, he had, that, he had but one ambition to exalt his master's name. For 87 years, he lived just for eternity, a man of faith and wisdom and true humility. He knew one day he'd have to stand before God's judgment seat, and so he ran to win the prize, his mission to complete. The fortune that he left behind was not in stocks or gold, but lives transformed and challenged their stories yet untold. There is no greater privilege than this that I have had of knowing this great man of God and having him as my dad. You know, what a, what a powerful, powerful thing to, to spend less time talking about your dad playing catch with you, your dad taking you fishing, but going to the heart of the matter and speaking of your earthly father as a man that was on fire for God and didn't waver from that. While we live in a land right now where we see preachers having moral failures every day of the week and not being reprimanded or held accountable for that, we live in a, in a nation right now where people are excited when they hear the fluffy things in Scripture and they're downright offended when they hear all of the Scripture. And so tonight I just want to bring up some few points of some things that I've read the last couple of days and, and we'll go deeper next week and the week after. I want to I just read you a few scriptures real quickly um, on prayer tonight. Many of these you know, but I just want to remind you um, that the, the, the fire catching for revival is attributed to men and women of God humbling themselves in the prayer closet, not in the church room or the, 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 the pulpit or in a choir or on the praise team, but it starts alone. Your time with God is what kindles the true fire of God. Amen? So we read, I'm just going to just spurt out a few things, and if you're quick enough, you can take notes. If not, then, you know, that's your problem. All right. Uh, okay. So uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Did you know acknowledging God is directly related to having that spoken language between you and God, which is called prayer? Seek the Lord while he may still be found. Call on him while he is near. Isaiah 55, 6. Praise and thank God for answered prayers. It says in Psalm 66, 17 to 20, the psalmist writes here, I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would have not listened. But God has surely listened and heard my voice in prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. How many of you know tonight, just to show a hands, that, that prayer is the essential of being a disciple of Christ? It is, it is a non-negotiable, essential, it is a command that we are to pray. That we are to spend time with God. I want to give you some of 
Leonard Ravenhill's um, thoughts. Um, first of all, it, there's a, here's a quote here. I'm just gonna I'm gonna read a lot to you tonight. So y'all just if you're in a hurry that you came to the wrong Wednesday night <laughs> service. Um, uh, Pastor Ian Bounds wrote this. No um, iteration, no purity of diction, no width of mental outlook. No flowers or eloquence, no grace of person can atone for lack of fire. Prayer ascends by fire. Flame gives prayer access as well as wings, acceptance as well as energy. There is no incense without fire, no prayer without flame. I'll tell you what, this is what we need in the church of America more than anything else. We don't need more eloquent words from a preacher. We need the fire of God to penetrate the bone marrow of our bodies, compelling us to dig deeper. There's no time to sit around and play video games. There's no time to be addicted to Netflix. There's no time to, to spin your wheels on things in life that are, here's a spiritual word, that are crap. All right? And somebody's going to quote me one day. He must not be spiritual. He used the word crap a whole lot. All right. Guarantee you Jesus used the word crap every now and then. I mean, I can't guarantee that, but it sounds hilarious. Okay. John Wesley said this, Bear up the hands that hung down. By faith and prayer support the tottering knees. Have any days of fasting and prayer in your life. Storm the throne of grace and persevere therein, and mercy will come down. How many Christians do you know right now that don't even understand what it means to persevere? They don't even know what it means to be obedient. They don't even know what it means to trust God. They don't know what it means to have quality time with God. They talk about it and, and they preach about it. But, but how many people are actually driving home tonight from a Wednesday night service saying, man, I have got a lot to work on and I'm going to start right this second. I'm not waiting till Sunday. I'm not waiting for a New Year's resolution. The revolution starts right now in my car. How many of us really want to see the desire of God penetrate the hearts of this community? How many people in here truly are more addicted to nicotine than they are God? David, is that you? No, you're good, man. <laughs> I had to get you. You put your hand up. So. <laughs> Listen to what Leonard Ravenhill says here. The Cinderella of the church of today is the prayer meeting. This handmaid of the Lord is unloved and unwooed because she is not dripping with the pearls of intellectualism, nor glamorous with the silks of philosophy. Neither is the enchanting with the tiara of psychology. She wears the homespuns of sincerity and humility and so is not afraid to kneel. Why is revival why does revival tarry? Because Christians are not committed to seeing revival arrive. It's not God's fault. It's my fault. It's your fault. It's the church's fault for not taking a stand 
And I'm not talking about taking a stand on a microphone on a stage in a, in a picket line outside the courthouse. I'm talking about taking a stand in your own home. What are you allowing in your own home? Do you let more of the enemy penetrate your home than you do the Holy Ghost? If you want change, you say that you want change, but you're not willing to do anything to lay things down. I'm talking about me as well. I hate to break this to you guys. I'm not, I don't come up with this nice you know, spiritual you know, verbiage and, and, and act like it's about you. These sermons are about me. These sermons are about where I need to grow, where I need to increase, where I need to die. I keep laughing about this sign I see. Y'all probably seen it too because it's a small area. There's a little church on the way from here to Selimville. Over at the Jesus Center. And Candace gets aggravated with me. But it says, because <laughs> I make fun of stuff like this. I just can't help it. It's in my it's in my did God changed my heart, not my personality. Alright? Get over it. And, and I and I see this sign right at this T where you take a ride and you take an immediate left to go to Sweetville. And it and it says, We just need a little bit more of Jesus. What? This is the problem. We only want little tidbits of God to sustain us, to make us feel good. I mean, it's, it's, it's an addiction like every other addiction. I just need enough of God to get me through this day, this week, this month, this year, and then I'll get committed after I get past some of this stuff. That's the pure definition of, of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. You want your marriage to change? Start chasing after each other and change your marriage. I keep telling Candace to chase after me. She won't. I forget she's here on Wednesday nights. Listen to this. He says here, the offense of prayer is that it does not essentially tie in to mental efficiency. This is not to say that prayer is a partner to mental sloth. In these days, efficiency is at a premium. Prayer is conditioned by one thing alone, and that is spirituality. One does not need to be spiritual to preach. That is, to make and deliver sermons of homiletical perfection and exegetical Man, he, this, this preacher's got some big words. I'm like, <laughs> I, I should have looked up some of these before I read this quote, right? I'm going to skip this line because I have no idea what he's talking about. But he's saying here, listen to this. By a combination of memory, knowledge, ambition, personality, plus well-lined bookshelves, self-confidence, and a self-sense of having arrived, brother, the pulpit is yours almost anywhere these days. Preaching of, of the type of mention affects men. Prayer affects God. See, a preacher can affect men and cause men to be encouraged, but it's not true encouragement from the Holy Ghost. When you're encouraged by the Holy Ghost, that means you have gained some freedom from bondage, and now you are willing to set your circle of your life on fire for God. That means you don't have time to gossip. You don't have time to slander. You don't have time to keep rehearsing the past, your failures, their failures, the church's failure, everybody else's failures. 
When God is saying you need to move on, move on, move on. Your past is killing you. Yes. I don't care about the, the past of this church. Who cares? What happened then happened then. What happened last year happened last year. We're in a new season, a new time frame, not based on just what a calendar says, but based on what God is calling us to do. He is calling us to get fired up. He's calling us to get angry. Aren't you guys angry that the enemy is taking your family away from you with drugs and pornography and addiction? Take a stand. Call a family meeting. Start a Bible study at your house. If you're the only one there, keep your Bible study going. Keep moving forward, whether you're popular or not. You think I've been popular in my life? Please. You think, you think Candace and I are flowing with friendships over the years? Come on. I got friends that won't even call me back. Dave, thanks for calling me back today. <laughs> so I read this, man. I read what Ravenhill's saying about revival. And I just, some of this is so good. I, I just, I want, let me just read some more to you. He says, the tragedy of this late hour is that we have too many dead men in the pulpits giving out too many dead sermons to too many dead people. Dead men, dead preachers, dead sermons, only causing more death and dead people, really. And he says, oh, the horror of it. There is a strange thing that I have seen under the sun. Even in the fundamentalist circles, it is preaching without unction. What is unction? I hardly know, he says. But I know what it is not. Or at least I know when it is not upon my own soul. Preaching without unction kills instead of giving life. The unctionless preacher is a savor of death unto death. Man, this is, these are, y'all need to get this book and order it on Amazon. Uh, Leonard Ravenhill, Why Revival Terry's. The church today is standing on the sidewalk, watching with fever and frustration, while the sin-dominated evil um, geniuses, and he uses Moscow as, a, as an example. It says, of Moscow strut the middle of the road, breathing out threatenings against whatsoever things are lovely and of good report. Did you guys know just in the last 48 hours, there are new laws being, laws, not mandates, but laws being implemented in New York that if you have not received the vaccine, you are no longer allowed to leave your home. Wow. And people are going to comply. They're going to comply. Why? Because those people don't have a true relationship with Jesus. You know, you may think that that sounds judgmental, but it's very, it's not judgmental, it's very biblical. Because we are supposed to be under the lordship of Jesus Christ and him only. 
You cannot say that you are submitting to the lordship of Jesus Christ if you are submitting to the dictatorship and lordship of this nation. You cannot. You can think you have both, but that's just a polite way of saying, I'm a coward. I need all like that. Welcome to Wednesday night services again. We'll see you next year. No, I'm kidding. Um, so... I look at this, I look at this, this, this book was written many years ago. Um, you guys know in, in Jude it says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, pray in the Holy Ghost. You know, Jude is an amazing, small, little, tiny book, but it's got so much power. And the Bible teaches us to live in the power of Christ. There's nothing about this world that is going to encourage you anymore. There's nothing. It doesn't matter what new breakthrough is coming out. It doesn't matter what, what reprieve we may get. We are coming down to the wire. Some of us in this room are going to see the rapture take place. I believe that. I really believe that. No man is greater than his prayer life. And in fact, the true man or woman of God, their strength equates to not just the time invested, but the quality that is invested in your intimate talks with God. You cannot grow in Jesus by simply attending church. You cannot grow in Jesus by getting good counsel by people. You can get some great encouragement and you can get some great words and, and maybe there'll be some tidbits, some gold nuggets of wisdom, but you're not going to be able to retain that knowledge and wisdom unless you are learning to retain the knowledge and wisdom alone by yourself with God. You can't. I've tried it. Osmosis does not work. <laughs> Leonard Ravenhill. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, this this is this is this wisdom here that he's writing down, as you can see what I've read, has nothing to do with the super superficial life. Most Christian books that you pick up these days, they're about how can I get blessed? How can we have more finances? How can our kids do this? How I mean, it, it's almost as if uh, many of the writers these days, well, it's not almost, it is. They are influenced, not of the Holy Spirit, but they are influenced by demonic spirits that come across as angelic forces. True angels that serve God, but they're not. We know that the enemy does not come in like that. He doesn't always come in like a storm. He doesn't always come in rash and, and, and bold. He comes in like, like that roaring lion, that silent lion that stalks his prey. This is why I'm always on y'all's case about becoming an island and separating. What's happening to many of the people that have left this church, that have left other churches, that have left church during COVID in America? What are they doing right now? Well, they're going to tell you that they're serving their church online. No, they're not. Come on. 
I don't know about you guys, but I can't sit in a living room and, and, and experience what I hear people experience. Now, I can have a Bible study in my living room and I can experience that. But as far as saying that I am dedicated to a church, online, I'm not making fun. I get it. I'm glad people have the different venues. But for me personally, that's not doing anything for me. I've got to be, I've got to put my arms around people, not a TV set. You got COVID, come give me a hug. I've already had it nine times. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all think I'm joking. I think I probably had it like three. All right. Praise God. But my lungs are so good. They're so clear. Praise God. So just a couple more things. I'm just, just, I'm just trying to get you guys acclimated to the spirit of revival. The spirit of revival is not about having an evangelist scheduled to preach at your church. The spirit of revival is unearthed through the body of Christ. The local church, I know you'll hear me say this all the time, but the local church is the answer to America's problem. Amen. The true local church that is preaching undefiled, intimate relationship with Jesus, they're preaching purity in Christ, those are one of the two churches that the Lord is going to say, well done, my good and faithful body of Christ. Listen to what uh, Raymond Hill says here. When a man who has crept along for years in conventional Christianity suddenly zooms into spiritual alertness, becomes aggressive in the battle of the Lord, and has a quenchless zeal for the lost, there is a reason for it. But we are so subnormal these days that the normal New Testament experience seems abnormal. The secret of this jet-propelled fellow we have just mentioned is that somewhere he has had a Jacob-like wrestling match with God and has come out stripped but also strengthened by the Holy Ghost. If you really want to grow in Jesus, you're going to have to get in the dirt with him. You can't just hear about the dirt that he's been involved in. You've got to get in the mud and the muck of your rabbi. How do you do that? He says 33 times in the New Testament, he who has an ear to hear, let him listen or listen to what the Spirit is saying, right? Why does he say that 33 times? Well, first of all, he was 33. So that's just my... my <laughs> That's my own personal opinion. He was, I'm 33. That's cool. It's a good number, right? I shot 33 again. Praise God. No, I don't actually. I'm, I didn't know much at 33. I know a little bit more at 40, almost 45. So, but getting on the ground with God like Jacob did and wrestling with God over some questions that you have in your life, maybe it's a past hurt. 
Maybe it's a current relationship that you're struggling with. Maybe it's something in the Bible that you just can't seem to get a handle on. When you get on the ground with God, I mean, I just remember watching Bailey and Hayden and Candace um, and Jiu-Jitsu. And they would just be on the ground and just doing all this crazy stuff and all these moves. And I, I would watch Bailey take down like police officers, you know, grown men at 16. And, and they were tapping out. They couldn't, they couldn't handle him on the ground, you know. And, and everything is so orchestrated and every, but from the, from the human eye looking down, I'm like, ooh, that's just a big mess. That's, don't kill my son, you know, and tournaments. I was like, man, that other kid is huge and please don't, you know, break his neck or something. But what they're going through is different than what we're seeing. What, what Jacob went through and the, the hip displacement and, and all of that, that all is symbolic. Did it happen? Yes, absolutely. But it's all symbolic of sometimes you got to go through some pain in order to understand the heart of God. Do you know why? It's our choice. Because if we chose to listen to God the easy way, we would learn the easy way. But we don't do that. Because we're stupid. <laughs> okay? That's the only theological. We're just dumb sometimes. And we, we want to learn. But when it comes to learning the real articles of faith, we want to learn it from somebody else. And I'm going to tell you, you cannot ride the coattails of a mentor or a preacher or a missionary, or some a preacher on TV, that you, you cannot get closer to God. They can speak into your life all that they want, and you can listen and just absorb it, but you can only get to a certain point. You have got to do the work. This is one thing that I struggle with, with, with counseling people, and frankly, just just wears me out, is... My answer about your problem in February of 2020 is the same answer that I have in January of 2022. Pastor, what do you think about this? I already told you. It doesn't matter what I think. What matters is what the Lord is telling you to do. Yes. You've got to hear from the Lord on your own. You know, this is something the Pentecostal church has been weak in. Because the Pentecostal church for so many years has taught, get a sign, get an answer, get a neon sign. And if that neon sign doesn't agree with you, find another neon sign. Right? And if that tidal wave is not a big enough sign, then find a tornado. And if that tornado didn't tear your life apart, find a hurricane. Or find a flood. Or find... And, and, and the problem with that philosophy, because it's not biblical, the problem with that man-made philosophy is we're always searching for the voice of God when he's made it very simple. He stands at the door knocking. He's not in the inside. He's knocking, waiting for you to open the door and say, come on in, let's have dinner. Right? Wasn't it more complicated than that? No. What's complicated is us. We have complicated, and can I tell you and remind you, 
We give the enemy way more credit than we should. Stop telling everybody that the enemy has stolen your joy. You gave up your joy. If you're in Christ, he doesn't have power over you unless you give him that power. Are you going to be attacked? Of course we're going to have attacks. But it doesn't mean, listen, it says the weapons are formed, right? They don't prevail. They don't prevail. So so I, I read this. I, I, I read what, well, let, let me say it the way um, Pastor Raven says it. There are two indispensable factors to successful Christian living. They're vision and passion. Vision and passion. Now, vision and passion is not uh, uh, set aside for the pastor of a church. You should have a vision for your family. You should have a passion for your family to be saved. You should have a vision, a inroad route that leads to your family. Well, how do I do that? Well, first of all, you need to start submitting yourself to God. Humble yourself instead of trying to get people saved because you can't get anybody saved. The Bible says that he who wins souls is wise. But guess what? You don't win souls unless the Lord allows it. He's got to be in the formula. No church. Now, churches can grow. They can grow in numbers and they can grow in stature and they can build big buildings. I mean, I'm from Texas. Every almost every church seems to be a mega church these days. But what you don't see right now in the last two years is those mega churches are divided and they're failing. Not all of them, but many of them are failing. And now what they've done is they've changed the camera angles. When you see it on TV, that it get everybody to sit in a certain area so the camera angles look like they're still filled to the brim like they were in the early 2000s. You cannot sustain righteousness with religion as the core. You cannot sustain a healthy life in Christ by mere church attendance. It has to be based on your alone time. If y'all can learn, and this is for me as well, if we can learn to spend quality time with God, and I know Pastor Jeff and I and many other pastors, here's the, here's the struggle here, is I'll be reading the word and I'll be like, oh man, that'll be a good message. God's like, no. No, I'm not going to let it now. Because I wanted time with you. I didn't want time for you to do sermon prep. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So, and this is a battle. Is it not, Jeff? I mean, we, we, you, you sit down. You, okay, God, I'm going to spend time with you. Oh, man, that's a great sermon. Oh, man, we can do this pretty soon. I'm not spending time with God, and I'm putting together a bulletin for the church. God's like, what happened to me? You got a good title. I got a good title for a, a sermon for Sunday. That's all I have is a title. I'm not joking. That's all I have. I have a title and I posted it on Facebook. That's all I got. Ask Candace. A lot of times I'll be like Saturday night. Candace have nothing. <laughs> Lord, please bring me an associate that no, and then he brought one, right? Yeah, right. But I'm serious. You know, we we've got to spend 
time with God for no other reason but to spend time with our Father. Without a motive, let me ask you a question. When's the last time you prayed without any motive at all? Where it wasn't about a question or a plea or a begging session or even a pity party. When you approach God just because you wanted to spend time with him at his throne. You want to grow this week? That's how you're going to grow. No agenda. No preconceived idea. No shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Just a meeting with the great I am. And that's it. Did you know that when you meet, and this, I'm preaching myself here, you better, you better hear this. When you meet with the I am, you automatically have entered into the anointing of Matthew 6.33. Because when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, comma, all these things shall be added unto you. You, you want to try to get it the cheap way. I mean, you can cook a steak a billion different ways, right? But if you take the time to marinate that steak before you cook it, it's way better. I don't know why I just said that, but it's for somebody that's going to be making steak. It's for you, Josh. Receive it, brother. Y'all are going to the store tonight. Close up the open. So, a couple, couple more things. I just Something I read this morning that he, um, yeah. So, you know, I think about the times. I don't, I don't know that I did this a ton with with Bailey and Hayden, but I, but I know there were plenty, plenty of times where we played catch. You know, it may not have been with gloves. You know, of course we did that too, but most of the time it was just with a, a bouncy ball or something that was in sight that you could throw back and forth. But I remember this one time where my dad, I was a bit older, my dad and I were in the backyard and you know we were throwing the baseball and, uh, and I thought that I was really throwing it hard at him and he was just catching it like, you know, I'm 12 and I think that I'm throwing it hard, you know, to a you know, 40 something year old. And, and I remember throwing it and he was like, oh, that was, that was a good throw. And, 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 and then he threw one at me and it hit me smack dab in the nose. And I was like, Dad, there's no blood. You know, and I was just crying like a little baby girl. And the girls probably don't cry. I know Candace was sports phenom. She probably get hurt every week and just hurt other people. Um, to get back at him. Um, in fact, I know she did that. She was in the papers, you know, known for that. Anyways, <laughs> she's got the trophies to prove it, you know. Um, so, so, but, but, my dad was like, "You just, you got to catch it. <laughs> you got to catch it." And, and I know sometimes God, man, he'll he'll throw some really soft stuff to us, and we'll be like, oh, man, "Thank you, Lord. That was so nice. You're such a." Such a polite father today. And then all of a sudden, he throws you this fastball. It's 
smacks you right in the nose. He knows you can catch it, but when you start getting in fear, it causes a disintegration in your time with God. You know, and everybody in here, everybody has struggled with fear at some point in your life. Some of you still are. Some of you have, have really overcome it and you've matured in that area. But nobody is exempt from getting a fastball to the nose, you know. And, and I know that seems like a, a weird example, but and I don't know that I'm a weird guy. Um, but I just know that, that our time with the Father needs to become more and more precious to us than it has been in the past. When somebody approaches you about something that isn't in line with the Word, isn't in line with how God wants you to live, you need to immediately leave that conversation. You need to immediately leave um, that session of drama. You need to leave the presence of that evil because what I'm finding out right now within the context of church life, one of the biggest adversaries that we deal with is lending our ears to things that are not of God. And I've got to do better at it because you can get caught in that trap. Yeah. It can start out holy yeah. and just take a quick turn to the right or the left and, and not be in line with the will of God anymore. I guess what I'm saying is, and all this, we've got to we've got to redirect ourselves. If we can learn to re redirect ourselves, which means getting the two by four out of our eye first, then we can help other people redirect their lives. But you can't help anybody else if you, and, and, until you start helping yourself in Christ. And and once again, and listen, I'm not downplaying preaching or, or worship or church services. God knows I want you guys here more than you've been here. Can we all agree to that? Amen. Say amen, Pastor. Amen. amen. <laughs> okay. I want to be here more than I've been here. Okay? Things happen. There's times we're going to go down. There's times we're going to struggle with, with, I'm not trying to put this on anybody, but there's things that happen in life where we're not always together. But even when we're not together, you can decide to stay in union. You can decide to stay in unity. If all of us are concentrated this year on just spending time, and listen, I'm gonna, this is going to contradict what probably I've said before and what many preachers say constantly. I don't know that we need to pray specifically for revival. I think we just simply need to spend time with the reviver. Yes. Because if you get the reviver moving in the direction, well, let me say this. If you start moving in the direction of the reviver, where do you think that's going to lead to? Revival. So let's get it. Y'all stay me. We're going to pray. Let's, let's pray in unity right now with our confession tonight that we are going to Head in the direction of more intimacy with God. Y'all stand with me. We're going to pray. Father, we thank you for the guidance and the strength 
and the wisdom that only you can provide. God, we thank you that we simply want more quality time with you. And God, we know that you are up for that. You, you want that. You, you ache to see us open that door and allow you to come into every single room of our life, every hidden area of our life, God. And Father, we just pray tonight in unity and we confess. And I'm going to have y'all just confess with me in a second. But God, we just want to confess tonight and verbalize out loud that you are our secret place. We're not trying to find a secret place. You are the one that created the room. You are that room. You are that tabernacle. And Father, we know that when we get in that secret place with you, the tide of our life turns immediately. That being in that secret place puts us in your will. We're able to hear your voice. We're able to hear, hear that still small voice. We're able not only hear it, but we're able to walk it through and obey. So I want us just to confess right now. You guys can, can, can say it the way I do or the way you want to. But Father, right now. Come on, don't say that out loud. Father, right now. I confess that you are my temple of praise. You are my secret place. You are my all in all. You are my author. You are my finisher. You are my faith tonight, God. I seek to spend my time in you. In Jesus' name. I commit, I commit right now. Right now. Amen. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Now, Father, I just, I just thank you so much for this group tonight, God. I, I thank you for the sweetness of your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for just a, a great Wednesday night to come back in a unity to, to start off this, this teaching session, God. And, and, but, God, more so to just identify that even though we are in the last days and there are so many variables that are presented to us daily, God, there are no variables with you that you are constant. You are not confused. You are not a God that is bipolar. You are centered. You are focused. You are ready. And pretty soon you're going to look to the right of your chair, your throne, you're going to look at your son and you're going to say, son, go get him. It's time. And we thank you for that coming. We thank you for that rapture that is coming, God. We thank you, but between now and rapture, many will be saved and set free. And that includes so many children and grandchildren and adults represented from this room tonight, God. And those that may even listen on Spotify later, God, that we know our inheritance in you. And we love you, Father. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 Love you guys. We Thank will see you, you on Sunday. Hug somebody before you leave, even if they have COVID. <laughs>